0: In many ways, the world is ending.
1: But in many ways, the fight is just beginning. Beginning. And
0: for that reason, this Pride, we're partnering with overthrowing the government.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mistakes. Hi. Hi. We're We're recording on the day on a on an historic day. Yeah,
0: for the I mean Probably many times we've recorded on an historical. Yeah, remember when we recorded while the insurrection was was happening? The last time it was a large, like big headlines, the world is shit kind of um, moment we were recording during, it was the insurrection.
1: And now Roe v. Wade has been. And and now we're recording
0: in the midst of the Roe v. Wade overturn um, decision. Yep. So, you know, as oral history. podcasters uh we're just doing our duty of capturing what life is like in the moment of these historical events anything to
1: i mean i have like honestly no i you know like (laughs) i don't i really have nothing to say other than like i think anytime shit like you know Anytime stuff like this happens, I think, you know, the response is for people who are upset to kind of want to go out there and do the work. Um, And I guess I would just caution anyone listening who is feeling riled up and inspired to go like make a change. I tweeted this today to go like see if people are already doing that work in your community rather than trying to like take on a leadership role or mm-hmm. cause I think that honestly, I think that is what has caused so much kind of chaos since Trump was elected in 2016 was that like a lot of statewide and citywide movements were kind of like bombarded by first time organizers. Like mm-hmm. I think, you know, we kind of saw it with reproductive rights with like older cis, like white suburban women who, Wanted to go out and organize for the first time and then kind of hijacked movements and didn't really know what they were doing, but felt like they did. I mean, even the
0: Women's March was like a hijacked moment.
1: Yeah. So, and you know, I saw it in Rhode Island when we were trying to get um, abortion laws passed, which like we did, but, and like I was... I kind of like did the same thing in my own smaller way. It's just it happens like people want to do something, but often you're like kind of stepping on other people's toes. So what I would say is go check, see if there's like a local like DSA in your community. Or... And
0: start honestly with doing just low level volunteer work, yeah. like stuff that it might feel to you like oh like, but I want to be on the front lines and doing like. Mm-hmm. The hard real work. And it's like the real work actually is in the minutia. Yeah. That like, um, for lack of a better word, like the bitch work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Being on the front lines feels good, but it's not. You're not help. You're not well, helping. It anyone. ultimately
0: is also like to serve your ego. Well, that's more why than it feels it is good.
1: To serve the cause. Yeah. That's why it feels good.
0: So, yeah. Um, seek out things that are already happening and um, support that if you can. I didn't mean for this to turn into a PSA thing. I actually don't like this. Um, And we'll be getting into Roe v. Wade plenty later on. uh,
1: All I really have to say is that I'm excited to get my uterus transplant and be the first trans woman to have an abortion. That is like, that's how I'm feeling today. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. That's the real work. That's the, I'm doing the work. Yeah. I'm doing that work.
0: That is the real front lines work that yeah. we need to see in our communities.
1: It's going to be my piece of performance art mm-hmm. to support women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put myself out there. Yeah. I'm going to put myself in the line of fire to support women. Um, and supporting women is why we have J.K. Rowling as a guest today. <laughs> On the pot are you there, Joanne? We're joanne, trying to get her to connect.
0: yeah, sorry. the, the zoom is um <laughs> there's we're having technical
1: difficulties. Zoom call' is coming from inside the house but, but um,
0: Any time now, um joanne will be what it would be so funny if we like named this podcast the this t- the title like with <laughs> JK Wait, Rowling. we sh-
1: should. So that's the title Um,
0: As our guest With guest JK Rowling Yeah I mean
1: listen I don't want to like be PSA That's just That's the only thing That I could Oh I wasn't criticizing No I didn't feel it But it's just That's why I don't I'm not to be like I'm dumb Because I'm not I'm actually highly intelligent And so are you But yeah it's like I don't If you want to like You know go listen To another podcast (laughs) I don't I'm just I'm so exhausted And so are you Dear listener I'm sure You know y'all come here To like listen to us Talk about like history and doing drugs. Um, And
0: we certainly will be talking about history um, that this episode. I'm not,
1: I don't do drugs anymore. So, for the last six days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I won't be talking about that. Yeah, that's that's
0: the old Nika. Sorry, the old Nika can't come to the phone right now. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because the Zoom call isn't working. Sorry. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, Well, I mean... Well, 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 well. well. Here we are again. Feels like a truly crazy time to be going into Pride Weekend. Um,
0: This will be coming out after Pride Weekend. I know. But
1: but just so you guys know, that's when we're recording. Oh,
0: now's a great time to announce we're going to have a different episode release schedule. Yes. Uh, You may have noticed that things have been a little wonky over here at Best Best Mistakes Mistakes LLC. uh, Um, But there's just been... Um, a combination of scheduling conflicts and mental health breaks Mm -hmm. and, um,
1: life comes at you fast and and
0: technical difficulties, Yes, like just a a confluence of things have made it. So, um, our release, our recording and release schedule has just been like a little bit fucked, but in the process we've realized that we are going to start recording on, Fridays. Yes. and releasing on Monday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. And we're we're not like we're keeping it loose cuz famously when the re- release schedule was Thursdays, they often came out on Fridays. Yeah. So that's why we're just kind of
1: So Monday, Tuesday.
0: Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Look out for it. Yeah. Um and now you can listen to us during your work week rather yeah. than during your weekend. And I feel like that's kind of fun. And also yeah. we'll be recording like for a while um, we were always coming out of the weekend. So yeah. all of our stories were like party related, which they probably still will be because <laughs> I mean, we are still party girls. But in yeah. our um, listen to our Patreon episode to hear that we're in our boss bitch professional girly era. Yeah. And so as professional girlies, um, now we're going to be telling stories from the work week. Yeah.
1: Speaking of being professional girlies, our live show is coming up yes. so, so soon. Our live show June 30th. is
0: June 30th at Parkside Lounge, 7 p.m. Come through. Come through. Tickets at um, the door. Tickets online. Yeah. Tickets at the door as well as online. Um, And if you want a little taste of what a live show with us is like.
1: Listen to our live show episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's out. It's been out. Go it's, listen. Yeah. It's a, it's a hoot. And so a hoot, holler. So hoot and a holler. If I may. That would be a great... I'm sure there is a bar called Hoot and Holler. Um,
0: <laughs> that's like a great dive bar name. Have though.
1: you ever met Hoot and Nanny? No. Okay. they're um, One of our friends, that's their name is Hoot and Nanny, um, which I just... I love. <laughs> I
0: recently met somebody um, new, uh-huh. <laughs> which I actually didn't even get into on the Patreon. But, you know, I'm on the rotating cast of characters of Anya's... Um, like half-assed love life yeah um there's a new person in the mix and I was uh I was telling them about like our group of friends in a pretty casual way I was just kind of telling a a story about a group of Friends, and every single one of them, the, like each name got more ridiculous than the last. <laughs> and they finally were like, "I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> are these like nicknames? <laughs> Is this their? Are these their names?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, both. and yes, and oh, um,
1: yeah." I speaking of new people, because you know, I've been telling you, I might have even said it on the podcast that like there was this new kind of like uh, potential fuck buddy that was back in the country that had hit me up and Mm -hmm. I was like going to make him my summer boyfriend. Uh I've nixed that. Okay. Um, Yeah, I just, they failed the test.
0: (laughs) What was the test? It wasn't even
1: really a test, but if it was, they failed. Um, They hit me up last weekend after I got back from the party and I was going, famously going home like that afternoon. But it was like 5 a.m. and they hit me up and I was like, sure, you can come, like I'm down to cuddle. Uh Uh-huh that's it. Mm -hmm. So you can come over if you'd like. And they were like, okay, great. And I was like, but just to be clear, we're cuddling. Right? And he was like, yeah, for sure. And I was like, okay, because that's what I, when you come over, am going to go straight. I'm like letting you in. And then I'm going to bed. But I don't mind having like a warm body that I like am familiar with Mm -hmm. next to me. That's not what happened. And he tried to hook up and gave me honestly such unsatisfactory head um and then because I like didn't for like maybe 12 minutes and then because I didn't come he stopped and I was like I'm gonna go to bed but I just like wish that I had told him that like the reason that I didn't come wasn't because like I take a long time to come but because he was just bad doing a bad job yeah um, so that's when Nick's, I was like, and yeah, and then was like, are you sure you don't want to fuck? And I was like, oh my god, literally, literally, are we are we asking that question right now? Is that what we're doing? Go read my text. No, I don't want to fuck. Uh I'm going to bed. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go pa. to bed. Uh, uh. And a bad cuddler. In this
0: political climate?
1: Yes, right? <laughs> bad, bad cuddler. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I hadn't seen him since the last time that we had fucked, and that was in December when I famously was, like, so heartbroken. Not not what I remembered.
0: Yeah, fucking someone through heartbroken glasses can really um, change the quality.
1: Yeah, it was, I just felt very whoopy Goldberg. I don't want anyone in my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel right now about sex. I don't want anyone in same, my house. Uh,
0: same. I just, I mean, I'm, like... <laughs> Casually hooking up with people in their houses <laughs> a little uh, bit here and there. Yeah. But not even that much. Yeah.
1: I just, you know what? If I need some fucking physical intimacy, I'll call one of my friends over to come cuddle me. Like,
0: yeah, period. I, I get,
1: you know, I'll go. I'm just, I'm good. Like, I have my Lewand massage you know vibrator that you got i have two of them but i've been using the big one that you got me <laughs> i you know wolf hudson has That's a great <laughs> wolf hudson has a great selection of videos <laughs> both on their only fans and on pornhub come on the pod oh my god Wolf Hudson, come in both of us please um, okay,
0: come on the pod and then in our holes in our holes please
1: um so hot
0: yeah very hot very um that'll be my hot take Not that
1: Wolf Hotton is hot, but just in relation to...
0: Okay, great. That's a little teaser to stick around for the (laughs) hot take coming down the pike. Yeah. Um, Uh. Yeah, I mean, so... I feel like we've covered a lot of the bases as to, like, where we are in the world right now. Um, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Also, uh, New York City's gun control laws out the window. Yeah. Um, We should get guns. We should concealed carry our abortions. Yes. Is there anything, like, chill and light that's going on to, like, add to it? Like, not really, right? No. I mean, (laughs) the
1: Kardashians... People realize that the Kardashians, which like, duh, people realize that the Kardashians, um, their most recent episode about Chloe finding out that whatever the fuck his name has been cheating on her was actually filmed weeks after the fact. Like, they like like literally like acted it out Mm -hmm, Um, and it was like internet sleuths that went and like looked at outfits they were wearing and was like wait a minute but like they were wearing this outfit on this day which doesn't like which means that they recorded this like six months after the actual incident happened Mm -hmm. um which is kind of funny i thought that was funny these
0: are the issues in america today yes it's important
1: absolutely and
0: on this podcast
1: we're bringing all of it to you. We're reporting. We're what, we're what like Juliana Ramzik was doing. We took over the baton for her when she stopped um, being on E. <laughs> we're doing that now. Because she would talk about like her fertility issues and then what a celebrity had done that mm-hmm. was fucked up. And then maybe like a major world issue. Mm-hmm. We're like a yes and podcast.
0: Um, have I talked on the podcast about... Maybe it was on the Patreon, but I do have to say, in light of recent events and it also being Pride Weekend, I just want to talk about myself for a second, um, because this is, as we know, the most important activism is activism that fuels your ego. Mm -hmm. Um, My biggest contribution to... To like the intersection of Pride Weekend and Roe v. Wade being overturned is my fucking iconic story of um one of my lovers got pregnant. Did I tell this story yet?
1: No, but you tweeted about it.
0: Okay, one of my one of my lovers um got pregnant a couple weeks ago from um, you know, sex, famously um not with me but i wish <laughs> and then another one of my lovers is a planned parenthood nurse oh, that's funny. and i um connected them and like the planned parenthood nurse helped this pregnant lover of mine uh get her abortion and i just love like and all of us are like bisexual queer AFAB people mm-hmm. and like I just love that exact combination of like um reproductive rights and bisexuality totally converging <laughs> yeah <laughs> with just like a bunch of power um, of three <laughs> yeah a bunch of that's the holy gay trinity. girlies getting an abortion like you know three bisexuals and an
1: abortion yeah that's that's the holy trinity <laughs> absolutely
0: um and I kind of hope that they date now. Like, be can hot. you two also become lovers? You could facilitate that. Why not? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm putting it out into the world. Yeah, go I'm back. pretty sure they Nina. both listen to the podcast sometimes. Very gorgeous. Okay, your tits are looking so juicy, beautiful, <sighs> thank huge. You.
1: Sorry, I'm they hurt, so I'm massaging them. <laughs> but thank you. Are yeah, you pregnant? I wish. I mean, not in this climate. I don't. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. Um, they're like, you wish. You have to have it now. You you wished. Not, you wished.
0: No, no. The GOP is going to make it illegal to wish that you're pregnant and then not not have a have baby. A baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No matter even if you're trans, yeah. they like they give you one. They're like, you have to have it now. Yeah,
0: you wished. I'm like, fuck. It's uh, technically murder if you wish <laughs> yeah. a pregnancy and then Listen, don't go through with it.
1: I like. I wouldn't ne- I wasn't I didn't tweet this because hold on <laughs> my tits are just fully out I had to put my shirt back on
0: <laughs> yeah for the for context Mika's tits have been <laughs> fully out for about four minutes
1: just like my I'm wearing a uh, a wife beater we, both, just, are. Yeah, we both are I love <laughs> not my not
0: ribbed t- tank top a wife beater yeah. and <laughs> To be
1: clear <laughs> Sorry I just spent a whole week In Rhode Island um, <laughs> um, And it's a crop top So I'm just kind of I have it rusted Above my tits But um, She said what she said I wasn't Gonna tweet this And I wouldn't Because I was like Tensions are high today I don't want Anyone to think That I'm like Making light of what happened? Like any of my friends who have a uterus, not that any of my friends would think I'm making light of it, because my friends are hilarious people. But anyone. Um. Anyway, I just today was definitely a day where I was like, oh my god, I, like I really, the universe kind of um put me right where I need to be in terms of what's going on with being a tranny. I just the nights that I've spent crying, <laughs> over- <laughs> wishing. That I was- it's fertile. Oh, <laughs> uh, and so Take that's and Take so that back. that's why I'm ready to do the work. That's why I'm ready to get out there and organize. Both.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, but also to, to any of our trans listeners that still or or like afab um oh, totally. infertile listeners that have any kind of infertility trauma. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Don't, just, Mika. You're you. You get to also have your experience of coming full circle with that. But I do want to validate that. And I also think that like, um, I do think that reproductive rights conversations can be a really tricky thing emotionally for people who want to have kids and can't. That isn't to say that it's your time to like talk about that.
1: (laughs) No, but if you're
0: feeling it, that's so valid. Oh yeah. And all the love in the world to you. And you know, um,
1: I didn't tweet about it because mine was like a shitty joke. I, you oh know, no, if, no no yeah, no! If, if I if if it were a day where I was feeling tri- where I was still in my I want to have a baby bag and I was feeling <laughs> triggered, then for sure. But I more so was just kind of being like L O L at former me. Um, yeah, you know. Shall we segment? <laughs> Let's do it. Mistakes, keep sticks and hot takes.
0: Nika is. <sighs> Gripping her tits with the force <laughs> of a mother that is like pulling her child away from the candy rack. <laughs> the
1: left one just hurts, uh, and if you saw it, you would be like, "Yeah, it looks like it hurts. It's just engorged." It's, yeah, mika has like,
0: got big, juicy, fat tits tit, right now. Tit, tit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, None. that is the the tit growing experience. I know.
1: No, I know that it's normal. I just I, think, I mean, thankfully, this is on the bad side of my face. So, the, the smaller tit is, is on your bad side. Yeah. This is, That's, my, this that is, is this, a blessing. This is the side of my nose that I don't like in pictures. Um, yeah, let's segment. Okay. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> Great. We love a volunteer. Okay. So, my mistake of the week, I mean, my mistake of the week was, and I talked about this on Patreon, um, was going home, not that in itself, but going home and then um, getting, I just like, threw myself into um not like a spiral but just a thought process a what if hold on
0: the sounds of Queens New York are coming in through the window
1: I I I threw myself into a um thought process of what if I moved back here and I wasn't thinking like what if I moved back here permanently it was I was trying to kind of keep myself more grounded so I was like what if I moved back here next summer like for the summer. And, or like, what if I moved back here for the end of like August to like October? Um, and, you know, it's not like a mistake. It's not like a, a mistake completely because I didn't and nothing happened. But it's just a mistake in the sense that um, that's obviously so not what I want out of life right now. And I just, you know, it's so easy to go back home, romanticize it, and then kind of like waste. Your time, your precious, precious time that you don't get back <laughs> thinking about these what ifs. Um, yeah. So that was my mistake. My keepsake, my keepsake is that I gained weight while I was home. I've been so, so and let's skinny. Keep that sake. Let's keep that safe. Let's um, keep that safe. I've been so, so skinny. For the last like two months. And it's been freaking me out. And not out. in a hot cool chic way. No. And like a w- I weigh a hundred pounds way. Like none of my clothes fit me. And I like look like I'm literally going to fall over at any point. Um, yeah. And I think like multiple things were at bay. I think that being a month and a half late from my hormone shot fucked up my weight. Um, I also think not you know being depressed for close to two months fucked up my eating habits. Just lots of little stuff, little things all came together, um, which was like part of why I went home. I was like, I need to. That's another keepsake is that I went home. I've been like talking for the last few episodes about how like I want to go home and like sit on the beach and like stare at the ocean and like eat good food and like not see anyone except like one or two friends and just chill. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did so I gained weight I chilled I got to stare at the gorgeous ocean had a nice checked out of my life here week um and to hear more about that go listen to the patreon episode and my hot take is that it's so like I love men so much and I think that it's so hot when men who want to fuck women also want to fuck men. Mm-hmm. Um, so my hot take is that I just love bisexual men. And I truly <laughs> think that bisexual men are God's favorite. Um, they're certainly my favorite. Um, and I just thought I, you know, I wanted to have like a pride related hot take. My hot take is that bisexual men should be at the top of the totem pole. Uh, not for men. I not, was going to say, oh, whoa, no. whoa, whoa. No, no, whoa. no, not whoa. for women. I mean for Roe men. Roe
0: Wade was just overturned. <laughs> I mean for... And now you want to put bisexual men above <laughs> all women? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean for men.
1: Because, you know, you have straight men and then you have gay men. <laughs> That's not right, is, is it? it? That's that so, is not right. so not right. That is so not right. And then, you know, you have all kinds of men. Bisexual men get so much shit. They get made fun of. They get invalidated. Some... some bu- beat ass girl is always tweeting about how she wouldn't ever fuck a bisexual guy like once a week and it's like girl they literally did not ask <laughs> nor would they i love no, bisexual I mean, I men. Second
0: that i absolutely love a bisexual man it's
1: just so hot that you also fuck men but you also want to fuck me That's- yeah
0: i mean it's just it's indicative of a lot of um other like dismissals of toxic masculinity and patriarchal bullshit to like Mm -hmm. embrace um your attraction to both men and women that is not to say that like all gay men or all straight men are suppressing latent feelings for the gender that they say they are not attracted to totally but i do think some of them are because it's it is easier to check one of those boxes and not unpack if there's an in-between Because of toxic masculinity, because liking men makes you kind of rejected from the, like, paradigms that liking women usually are associated with. And so, like, I understand when, like, you might be interested in kind of everyone, but because you're like, well, I'm definitely queer, just, like, fully going gung-ho for being gay... Um, it's a natural decision because of how difficult it is to be a man existing within toxic masculinity, yeah, um, and same with being a straight person, a straight man that's like suppressing maybe your queer feelings. um so when a bisexual man is loud and proud, I feel like that there's a lot of um rejection of the status quo that goes into that,
1: yeah that goes Uh, into
0: embracing that identity absolutely or pansexual or whatever you want to call it we're just we just mean men that are attracted to multiple genders
1: right yeah there's at least three there's at least (laughs) listen kid there's there's at least three don't (laughs) mess with me that's my president (laughs) um (laughs) mr president mr president how many genders are there there's at least three I wrote the. I was the first one who came out for gay marriage. That is the funniest clip in the world. I hope that's the only thing they find when aliens come here. Yeah,
0: post like nuclear apocalypse, apocalypse, apocalypse. 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 Yeah, Um, apocalypse is a nuclear
1: apothecary. Apocalypse. Apoc. Apothecary. Post apothecary. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a
1: gorgeous name for a little boy. Apothecary.
0: Great. Well, when you...
1: you you transition?
0: <laughs> no. I was going to say, when you are the first trans woman to get pregnant, you can name your abortion yes. that.
1: And speaking of detransitioning, J.K. Rowling, we're so happy to we have you so here. We are so happy to have you on the pod. Thank Podcast you for joining today. us. Thank you for joining um, us. But
0: before you add anything, let me do my segment. <laughs> yeah. Hold that thought. <laughs> <About> jo- <laughs> Joanne, it's very impolite to interrupt. Oh my God. Um, we will let you talk...
1: When Once it's your I'm, turn.
0: When it's your turn. But right now it's my turn. Okay, um cool. so my keepsake. Um I went to Fire Island this past weekend. You did. Um it was really cute, fun, flirty. Well, not flirty. I didn't flirt with anyone, mm-hmm. but you know, just kind of in the like oh. in the way that we call things fun and flirty. Yeah. Um uh I I haven't I've only been to Fire Island Once before And it was literally Exactly To the day Exactly a year Yeah Prior I skipped again and, <laughs> and the exact same thing Happened where you Um Opted out for A Rhode Island <laughs> Either friend Or the state itself Yeah <laughs> Um So I like that We're keeping traditions Strong For our summer solstice <laughs> Um but yeah, I went to Fire Island and like so the last time I went to Fire Island, it was for a party with a bunch of our friends. And it's actually where I met a lot of those friends. And it was like one of the formative moments of my 2021 experience. But I still had never just been to Fire Island and like experienced just like what like a low key absolutely just chilling on Fire Island can be like. Um and it wasn't completely low key. It was Juneteenth, so there was like there was a lot of celebration happening and it was really fun for that reason. But I also took part in like the absolutely lounging on the beach and like treating it like a vacation rather than a like a party at a like a destination party, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, that's my keepsake is it was my first time really experiencing like, I have my criticisms of Fire Island, the film. No, just kidding. I haven't watched it still. I have my criticisms of Fire Island, the place. I do think it's a shame how inaccessible it is and how expensive it is. And I think that is indicative of a larger problem in the queer world where we um, gentrify our own spaces. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> p-town it's happened fire yeah. island it's happened it's happening in Zipolite. Yeah. it happens in every gay neighborhood like west hollywood or chelsea or like you know it's like a, a tale as old did you see the mouse I did. It was right <laughs> at the hamper we're um we are cinderella today <laughs> we do have um a little mouse um <laughs> scurrying about our feet, hasn't tried to dress us yet. No, it hasn't. And I do have... We have a party to go to later. So well,
1: but maybe that's why it's in the room. It sees all of Elisa's clothes. It sees the clothes
0: and, uh, and it sees two girlies that need to go to a ball it's like, later. like, what are you...
1: She's like, why are you
0: talking? About <laughs> yeah, the mouse is like, she's like please fuck.
1: let me... <laughs> dress put, you. Put you in little
0: outfits. <laughs> that is the relation... That, that is the sacred relationship between mice and girlies. And girlies. Uh, um, it's a shame how expensive and inaccessible it is. I was fortunate enough to just have a place to stay for free while I was there. Um, But that is just because I am so hot and cool and likable and not everyone has those privileges. Totally. Um, It's almost as valuable of a privilege as it would be to be able to afford a place to stay on Fire Island. Um, But all that being said, it's still really fucking cool even in its flaws that a place like that exists at all, that it is just like truly kind of an autonomous space for queer people to like be gay. And it has been there for like a significant chunk of time when being queer didn't always, wasn't always as embraced culturally as it currently is. So like, it was just nice to spend time in the energy of like what, queer people continually build for each other and ourselves. And what's also cool is that there is currently the person literally that I was staying with in fire Island is someone who is among the people leading the cause to make fire Island more accessible. Mm -hmm. And there's like a lot of work being put in like this year more than ever. And hopefully that ball is just going to keep rolling on, um, making it accessible regardless of income to be able to like, participate in um what feels like kind of just like a gay summer camp yeah and um i know there are bigger problems in the world right now than if people like can afford what? to go to fire island or not Like, why? you but, give me a list <laughs> i will literally later Fake in the news. episode um but it's uh, like we were talking about before like Well, actually, we were talking about that maybe on the Patreon episode, but like finding joy where we can is a Mm -hmm. huge part of um, resistance. Mm -hmm. And I think spaces like Fire Island, spaces like P-Town and like the point of them um, are helpful for that purpose. And um, it's a shame that they're only that, that they've turned slowly into spaces only for rich people, but it's also um, really exciting to see how much work is being put into like making that not the case. Yeah. My mistake this week. Well, it wasn't a mistake of um, this week, but it's a mistake I realized that I made this week. Um But it's a mistake that I've been making for months now. I've been going on road trip after road trip with my besties just paying for tolls on my easy pass account and not going through and like splitting those tolls among everyone who was on the road trip. And like, if it were just a couple of road trips, I wouldn't even like go through and ask people to pay me back because like what's $15 here and there. But it was literally like six road trips with like four people on each road trip. And all of them amounted to each person owing me like between 15 and $40. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I know that we went out, like literally charging people for the Atlanta pride road trip was so funny. I'm like, I know this was literally eight, nine months ago now. Um, so this is crazy to be Venmo requesting you for $15 for this, but, um, on a longer, like if you saw all of the no, totally. tolls, I'm like $400 <laughs> deep yeah. into covering everybody's, um, like share of those parts of the road trips. So that was just kind of a funny mistake because sometimes um, I'll be like, damn, where's all my money going? Yeah. And I di- I got an answer this week. <laughs> <Cool>. um, <laughs> if you have anything like that, I encourage you to kind of just go um, for your records, gaze upon your automatic payments. See if there's anything that's getting lost in the sauce. Um, you too may be entitled to compensation. Um, my hot take. (laughs) Okay. This is pretty hot of a take. People aren't going to like it. Um, not JP levels of hot take, but it's (laughs) up there. Um, okay. Beyonce released her first single for her upcoming album this past week. It's fine. I like it. I'm looking forward to the other songs on the album. Um I have a feeling that this song is going to become the single ladies of this mm-hmm. album and it's going to be way overplayed and we're all going to hate it in 2 weeks. Yeah. But that is not my hot take. My hot take is that um people because she says like quit your job or whatever in the song, um people have been trying to give it this like this narrative that it's like a workers fucking labor movement anthem, Um, which I don't think that was her intention, but even if it was her intention, it is certainly not that. Um, And that's not just because I don't think that Beyonce is a labor rights activist. Um, Like this is not a hot take coming for Beyonce specifically. It's just more of a reminder to all of us. All of us stands out there that your fave is still a rich person. Your fave pop star. Your fave actor. Um, I don't know. Your fave in, like influencer. They're still a rich person. And while there are some rich people. With generally good politics. Um, they still. Are. If you are like. If you're somebody who cares about. Labor movements. And you're someone who cares about um abolition, liberation, um equity for all, any of these things part of the vision for that is overthrowing all rich people. So the rich people themselves cannot be anyone that we put on a pedestal for these movements. Yeah. And I'm fine if Beyonce is ever singing in support of the movement. Um But I'm also, or like any other fucking celebrity, if they want to um, voice their support in any way, great. Thank you so much. But also, you do need to release certain comforts and privileges you have to actually be our ally Mm -hmm. in this. Um, And pretty much none of our favorite celebrities are actually doing that. No. Um, so to like put them on any kind of pedestal or like try to excuse them from any kind of criticism for being the rich people that they are because you like their music is just very silly to me. Um, and yeah, no rich person is immune, especially not the rich people who like literally have songs bragging about how rich they are. Agreed. Um, and I am not just talking about Beyonce. I am talking about Cardi B. I am talking about Ariana Grande. I am talking about leave Ariana
1: Grande <laughs> alone. Thank you very much.
0: I am. I am talking about anybody who has any song that's like bragging about their success and their money. Like they, it's fully their right to do that. Whatever, sing about whatever you want. But like to then at all act like anything they do is in support of the everyday person. <laughs> is just silly to me that's my hot take i still love beyonce i'm not coming for her i just think it's very very weird to put any pop star that is literally a millionaire and or in combination with her husband a billionaire um on any kind of like socialist movement uh pedestal oh, very weirdo behavior especially oh, when they like are active capitalists Beyonce has never purported to be anything but a capitalist she's constantly coming out with new products for us to consume if we stopped being consumers she would be mad about that y'all so she's not trying to lead us into the fight I agree I agree that's my hot take gorge um but release your trade for sure for sure Fuck up of the week. We've talked a lot about Roe v. Wade and we're going to talk about it more in the mistake that I'm covering. Uh, 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 So let's just put a pin in Roe v. Wade and talk about the other Supreme Court ruling
1: this week. Oh, yeah. The gun one.
0: The um, concealed carry ruling. I could I could see the argument for that being the fuck up
1: of the week. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, concealed carry, which has been it's been concealed carry has been illegal in New York for a century mm -hmm. now. Um, the Supreme Court just ruled it was, uh, unconstitutional, and so now anyone in New York can carry around, you know, anyone who has a registered firearm permit, whatever the fuck, they can have their gun on them now. Um, so that's exciting.
0: That's a mistake for multiple reasons. First of all, oh my God, the tragedies that are in store for us, but second of all, um, You just made the most blue, possibly the most leftist city in America uh, completely able to arm themselves. And the revolution is coming. (laughs) So it's also just a mistake for them, really. Like if the Supreme Court is worried about, you know, their safety What a weird, weird time to encourage progressive people to arm themselves. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's cuckoo. Um, Because I do see a lot of people saying that. That they're like, well, if that's the world we're in, then I'm going to get a gun. And I don't blame them. It is kind of... It's tricky territory. (laughs) Because that's literally what the NRA wants to happen. Like That's why they have so systematically set up the dominoes for this exact knockdown um, is so that people on both sides of the equation arm themselves out of fear. And even if it is what the NRA wants, it is also kind of, we do have to like think about um, our own like safety. So I don't blame leftists for like now sort of getting on the gun train. Especially being someone from Vermont, I have like a lot of progressive people in my life that are gun owners and like it doesn't retract at all from like the very progressive leftist opinions they hold. If anything, their gun ownership is like in uh, the name of those things. Yeah. Um, It's just a weird moment in history. Agreed gun wise yeah. and also everything else wise everything else
1: wise. <laughs> I agree
0: but you know um listener right into the pod are you gonna get a gun should we release um best mistakes merch in AR-15 uh-huh. form
1: let's do it tiny little bedazzled guns
0: <laughs> like little Thelma and Louise guns yeah um that could be cute that could be cute We could just like absolutely
1: merchandise the fuck out of
0: this. Um, I'm
1: thinking. I'm thinking. Okay. What? Let's do it. Let's have a a business meeting. (laughs) We're going to circle back to that.
0: We're going to. And so now we're going to turn over to J.K. Rowling. What do you think about the gun situation? She left. Ah, fuck. The connection was lost. (laughs) We'll get her back on sooner rather than later. (laughs) Joanne is going to say her piece. (laughs) On the, the issue that everyone wants to hear from her about gun rights in America. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, I mean, Joanne is honestly pro-gun if you think about it. What do all the wizards have on them at all times? Guns. Little magic guns. Little, little magic
1: guns. Little magic guns. Little magic guns everywhere. Listener mistakes.
0: Okay, this one comes from somebody who came... Um, to our live show because we also had live show audience members write their mistakes in, in real time at the live show. And this is a shameless plug and reminder to come to our live show Thursday, June 30th at Parkside lounge, 7 PM. Um, Okay. I fucked my friend slash roommate the week before lockdown started and we decided to go to just go back to normal and not make this a regular thing. Then we were all stuck at home and so decided to start fucking again. The cops are coming because you're not supposed to fuck your roommates. (laughs) (laughs) They are very upset. They're really mad. Um, By summer, that had imploded. And then we had to live with each other as we slowly started to hate each other. Moral of the story is the nanny slash Mr. Sheffield fantasy is not worth it. (laughs) No. period so
1: true
0: there's something that happens to me when i live with someone and maybe you know i just haven't lived with the right special someone yet but when i live with someone under roommate terms i still have never lived with someone romantically or sexually um but when i have a, a roommate it doesn't matter how attractive i found them before there's like it immediately I desexualize them in my my head. Mm -hmm. And so whenever people have fucking their roommate stories, I um, am both relieved that my brain doesn't let me see my roommates in that fashion, but also a little bit jealous because it sounds like, I don't know, a rite of passage to like make the mistake of fucking your roommate.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I've never lived with anyone I wanted to fuck, but.
0: I mean, you famously live with just your biological sister now. So it would be... Um, well, I'm saying
1: in the past. I know, I know. I've never lived with anyone hot. Well.
0: <laughs> Except for Elisa, you're Kevin, if you're sister. listening,
1: you're hot. But I didn't want to fuck you. In. And you don't want to fuck me when we live together. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, fun roommate, though. Um, okay. So my, my deep dive. My derp dive. <sighs> I'm running out of deep dives. Um...
0: I mean, now is maybe a time to pose to the listener. We are thinking about removing the deep dive segment. <gasps> we uh-huh. To maybe bring it back just like every, I don't know, so many episodes. So that like that is still part of um, that vulnerability is still part of the podcast. But we like, you know, we're very, very young, as you know. Um, we are still so young and supple that we haven't made enough mistakes to honestly, we're on what episode 79. Nine? Yeah. So for each of us, that's like 35 plus almost 40 mistakes each that we've divulged on this podcast. Yeah. And y'all tell us that you have a hard time yeah. thinking of a mistake to write right to, us. to us.
1: Imagine how so- <laughs> we're feeling. I mean, not God, as,
0: as big of fuck ups as we are, we simply, the well does the well is running dry.
1: Yeah. It's not that deep.
0: Um, so we were thinking of maybe introducing a segment on the podcast that is, uh, to accompany fuck up of the week. It's kind of like the way that we have keepsakes for our segment Our our, um, You know, Mistakes, Keepsakes, Hot Take segment, Um, we could have like a inverse of fuck up of the week. So essentially the keepsake of the week, but on a larger cultural scale, not like in our personal lives. Yes. Um, We would think of it like a cuter name for it, for sure. Um, And then it would also in these trying times give us an opportunity to highlight good things that are happening. Um, because not in a toxic positivity kind of way, but in a our brains are rotting from doom scrolling kind of way, for sure it would just be nice to maybe talk about yeah good things that are going on in the world, so tell us what you think about that idea let us know um we 're definitely not going to get rid of deep dive on a permanent scale, just it wouldn't be every single episode because yeah. we are inevitably going to have more deep dives to share um so it would be very silly to just get rid of it all Yeah, but we're going to
1: start that trial this week. <laughs> do you not want to do it right now? I No, I will. I'm just, I really can't think of one right now. Um, Should
0: we do a, like, keepsake of the week then? Um, do this you, week is a particularly hard one, it is a, but
1: uh, we could try. <laughs> uh, keepsake up Britney Spears bought a new house. Um. <laughs> I just don't need to like highlight. Uh, I, know, I mean, I'm as much as you know,
0: Britney Spears is actually Britney Spears gets to be the one pop star that could lead a labor rights movement yeah. because she was um, literally like, uh, what's the word exploited? Yeah. Um, but she also takes private jets everywhere, so that she kind of cancels does. things out for me. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> um,
1: what is the keepsake of the? What is the keepsake of the week? The keepsake of the week.
0: What would we call that segment?
1: Highlight of the week. Highlight of the
0: week. Highlight of the week. Yeah.
1: Okay, great. So the highlight of the week. Well, I mean, this isn't like American, but who cares? Um, Jamaica is now in the works of removing Queen Elizabeth as their head of state. Um, Following like, they're like directly following Barbados, who just did it last year, late last year. And now Australia is talking about doing the same thing, um, which is cool. That's like, you know, kind of the death rattle of an imperial power uh, coming to an end, um, which is, you know, maybe that's like a, a small but good sign of what's to come for the rest of the world that wants to get rid of the imperial power structures that that be. That rules. I thought that was cool. I read that.
0: Um, great. So Gorge, that was our first episode without a deep dive. Tell us what you thought. Um, let's dive in to this week's best mistake. It's a bad one. Best mistake. So I am going to take us on the journey, um, of, how and why exactly Roe v. Wade was never codified into law. Um, So, as we've brought up multiple times this episode, Roe v. Wade was overturned and because it was not codified into federal law um, that has brought up... um, It has created the opportunity for individual states to pretty much immediately take away all abortion rights and um, you know I'm no politician I'm no lawmaker but it seems like it was a little bit preventable in the 50 years it was a constitutional right <laughs> um, sorry 49 so let's get into it why did the Democrats are champions of change So 49 years have passed since the Supreme Court's 1973 decision in Roe v. Wade established the constitutional right to an abortion before fetal viability. Um, There have been congressional efforts to codify the decision as well as uh, as to pass a constitutional amendment overturning Roe v. Wade and all have failed until today. Um. spoiler alert, it wasn't the codifying that didn't fail. <laughs> Along the way, abortion has transformed national politics and created a gulf between voters and party leaders to the extent that by 2019, as many as three in 10 Democrats and Republicans did not agree with their party on abortion, which is um, according to the Pew Research Center. In September of 2021, the U.S. Supreme Court um, left... Texas's restrictive six-week abortion ban in place. Three weeks later, the House passed by a um, 218 to 211 vote, the Women's Health Protection Act, which would prohibit states from passing most abortion restrictions prior to fetal viability. The bill failed to pass in May of 2022, as expected after it did not reach the Senate's 60-vote threshold. All Democrats voted for the legislation except Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, the absolute thorn in our sides. Um, but to be honest, all the Democrats are. And we'll get into that. And all the Republicans opposed the bill. The Senate vote was um, largely what was largely supposed to be a symbolic move by Democrats to show support for abortion rights after the leaked draft in May or was it April? April or May this year, um, showed the Supreme Court may overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, So to refresh everyone's memory, a few weeks ago, a little over a month ago, um, there was a leaked document that alerted everyone to um, what ended up happening today that the Supreme Court was thinking about overturning Roe v. Wade, and that is... Literally, like, days later, the Senate held this vote, and um, apparently the reason for that, like, Senator Schumer openly admitted that the reason for that, despite knowing that it would not pass, was to just show our constituents that we do really want it to pass, but we just can't because we're just little babies, Little babies before viability. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's what constituents need is symbolism. Mm -hmm. Personally, I love voting for some good old symbolic gestures. Um, So how the two parties arrived at this pivotal moment for abortion access involves the emergence of a new wedge issue, a realignment of the political parties and decisions they made along the way about when and how to push for abortion regulations and to what extent. Um, and all of that happened within the last 50 years. A June 2021 survey of U.S. attitudes about abortion rights and um, Roe v. Wade from public opinion polling firm Gallup showed that 58% of Americans opposed overturning the 1973 ruling and 32% favored it, mirroring, mirroring public opinion on um, Of 1989. So. The actual like people of America haven't really changed their attitudes towards abortion. It has been largely um, like a political move. Um, The only thing that's changed in politics or the only thing that's changed is the politics of the Republican Party. And frankly, the Democratic Party, says Cecile Richards, president of Planned Parenthood from 2006 to 2018. So in 1975, when abortion was newly established as a constitutional right, 19% of Democrats told Gallup that abortion should be legal in all or most cases. 51% said it should be legal in certain cases, and 26% said it should be illegal in all cases. Among Republicans, 18% abor- said abortion um, should be legal in all or most cases. 55% said it should be Um, Legal in some cases and 25% said it should be illegal in all the same poll taken in 2021 showed more Democratic voters supporting abortion in all or most cases and more Republicans supporting it in none but with sizable majorities in both parties. 91% 91% of Democrats and 69% of Republicans continuing to su- support abortion access in at least some cases. So 69 oh, <laughs> nice percent of Republicans actually are not fully opposed to abortion, which if you like just watch American news, that would not be obvious. Yeah. Um. So the parties in Congress are less, nu- less nuanced in the house, Texas rep Henry, Hewler, is that how
1: you say his name? I don't know. I think so.
0: Um, is considered the only reliably anti-abortion Democrat. And as of 2019, there are no Republicans who assor- support abortion rights. Um, in the Senate, Democrats Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Bob Casey of Pennsylvania both self-identify as pro-life, though they have at times supported forms of abortion access And Republican Senators Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Susan Collins of Maine have both embraced some abortion rights. Um, But that is like, as far as how big both the House and Senate are, the fact that I could name all of the um, representatives that are a little bit outside of the opinion on abortion that the rest of their party is, is a stark contrast to their constituents, um so political scientists Scott Ainsworth and uh Thad Hall wrote in the 2010 book Abortion Politics in Congress: when it comes to abortion, the increasingly partisan nature of abortion politics represents a case of issue evolution driven by party elites and filtering down to the masses. Elisa von Hegel is a political science professor. Um And coordinator of gender study of the gender studies program at the University of Wisconsin Superior, who tracks the emergence of abortion policy. And she says one key to understanding abortion politics today is knowing that just several decades ago, it was not considered a political issue at all, and that it was a very, very purposeful realignment that happened. In the, 19, in the 1970s, um, political affiliation had nothing to do with if voters or elected officials supported ab- abortion rights. Um, in 1972, the term pro-life was not even in the political lexicon yet, and that was the same year Republican Richard Nixon adopted anti-abortion positions during his presidential re-election campaign in a successful bid to win over Catholic voters who had traditionally backed Democratic presidents, including the two before Nixon, um, and so that is one year before the Supreme Court's ruling of Roe v. Wade, um, and it's like, if you if you really like look at under, look at it under a microscope, it's like um, very obvious that this divide in like Democrat versus Republican views on abortion literally only came from Nixon trying to win the Catholic vote. And like before that, Republicans didn't really have any affiliation with a a, like a position on abortion. And it's only like it's been an opinion that has sort of just been. Um, made for them and Mm -hmm. like fed to them and even to this day obviously if you like look at the statistics most republicans don't even fully oppose abortion it's like almost as if um it's almost as if like abortion their abortion opinion is one that has just been like made up for them and they like just co-sign it by default because of like all like just identifying as a Republican means you're pro-life, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the Supreme court's 1973, 1973 ruling of Roe v. Wade energized the anti-abortion coalition of evangelical as well as Catholic voters that began to emerge during Nixon's presidency and still exists in politics today. Privately, Nixon told top aides that he believed abortions should be available in certain circumstances. When he, Gets his mistress pregnant, um, such as for pregnancies uh, from incest or interracial relationships. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shout out to Nixon. Oh,
1: what? I said oh,
0: Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> um, after Joe Biden... You might recognize the name Uh, joined the Senate in 1973. He voted for a failed constitutional amendment that would have allowed states to overturn the court's ruling of Roe v. Wade Um, in a Washington in a Washingtonian magazine interview at the time. He said of Roe, I think it went too far. I don't think that a woman has the sole right to say what should happen to her body.
1: Joe Biden should be put down.
0: Joe Biden said those words, everyone. Okay. Back to the timeline. So, Mary Ziegler, a law professor at Florida State University who studies abortion, believes that the Senate probably had a bipartisan majority that supported abortion rights when Roe was decided, but ad- but advocates did not feel a pressing need to pass legislation. She says it seemed to be kind of like overkill because at the time, the abortion rights movement trusted the courts to protect abortion rights for some time. During the 1976 presidential campaign, both Republican Gerald Ford and Democrat Jimmy Carter opposed abortion in some cases. That year, Congress for the first time approved the Hyde Amendment, which bars using federal dollars for most abortions, including the government's Medicaid health insurance program. Um, More Democrats than Republicans voted for that. There were some Democrats and progressives who voted for the Hyde Amendment in in part because they thought the Supreme Court would invalidate it. It was part of an appropriations bill. So if you liked other stuff in the appropriations bill, that was fine because the Supreme Court would take care of it, Ziegler said. It didn't. The court upheld the constitutionality of the Hyde Amendment in 1980. It was around this time that abortion started to become linked to ideology and party in ways that had not occurred before, according to Ainsworth and Hall. Republican Ronald Reagan, who had relaxed abortion restrictions as California's governor, called for the appointment of anti-abortion judges during his 1980 presidential campaign. By the late 1980s, he had nominated more federal judges, more federal judges than any president before or since. When Democrat Bill Clinton campaigned for the presidency in 1992, he did so with the message that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare, which kind of begins this rhetoric of like support for abortion um, with concession on the Democratic Party's part. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, and like this is becoming less and less the case in recent years, um, but for a long time, it was very popular for pro-choice people to say things like, um, well, nobody wants to have an abortion. Or like, of course, yeah. nobody's pro-abortion. Like, they would just kind of make these statements that actually validated what anti-choice people believed <clears throat> to be true, which is that abortion is a bad thing and is yeah. immoral. Um, but to the pro-choice uh. And to the pro-choice politician, the autonomy and the like, quote unquote, woman's right to choose was um, ultimately what was more important to them, even if they too kind of believed that abortion isn't okay, Um, which I think has been. A big fuel to getting us to where we are today because having that concession in our stance as a group of people who believe in abortion rights um, makes it very hard to prioritize abortion rights. Because yeah. when you believe that something is important, but is maybe a little bit wrong, of course, that's not going to be as important to you as things that like are just important. Totally. Totally. Um, so I will personally blame Bill Clinton for that, but mostly because I hate the Clintons, but also because he did kind of invent this stance. Um, once president, Clinton marked the 20th anniversary anniversary of the Roe decision by reversing abortion restrictions put in place by the Reagan and George H.W. Bush administrations. Um, Bill Clinton began his presidency with Democrats in control of both the House and Senate, And with a majority that backed abortion rights, Um, but disagreements in his own party remained over how to handle the Hyde amendment and other specifics. A classic tale as old as time when Democrats have control over um, the administration and the house and the Senate, they love to infight until they don't have control over it anymore and Mm -hmm. completely waste any opportunity to do anything real with that power. Um, So in 1992, the Supreme Court had affirmed the right to an abortion in the case Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which challenged restrictive, restrictive Pennsylvania laws. But the ruling also said states had some leeway to add some limits to abortion during the first trimester of pregnancy. Um, So Democrats revived the Freedom of Choice Act, which was that era's attempt to codify Roe, which failed in 1993. Democratic leaders um, then turned their focus to healthcare legislation because it was something that they could agree on. Um, Once again, like I was saying, it is so much easier to deprioritize something that you think there is any kind of moral question um, or like sticky ethical dilemmas. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is what happened when we had that opportunity to um, codify abortion rights into law in 1994 the Republican Party ran on its newly released contract with America though by that time the party's candidates and lawmakers were increasingly aligning with the anti-abortion movement the contract focused on 60 percent issues um, that had broad support from the electorate like slashing welfare programs and a balanced budget amendment an overturning Roe was not one of them. But in early 1995, the Christian Coalition, a group founded in 1987 by religious conservative and former presidential candidate Pat Robertson, um, that became emblematic of the Christian right, released its own contract with the American family at a news conference alongside then House Speaker Newt Gingrich. The contract called for restrictions on late term abortions. Um, Then Senator Arlen Specter of Pennsylvania, who was considering a Republican presidential bid based on curbing religious influence on the party, told ABC's good morning America that he would not support it because it's, it opposes a woman's right to choose. Um, So we're still seeing flickers of it being not really officially a Republican or Democrat issue. And like, we saw the the we saw the Democrats not codify it into law because they couldn't really agree on if it was like morally okay or not. But and we're seeing a Republican openly condemn um, undermining a quote unquote woman's right to choose. So it's like, and this is still not that long ago that this is still not a given of these like party opinions. Um. Following this, a period of Republicans attaching abortion related riders to appropriation bills and repeatedly introducing what would become known as the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act, which banned abortions by dilation and extraction in the second trimester of uh, pregnancy. Um, The Republican controlled Congress passed the act twice only to be vetoed by Clinton. Um, Then eventually signed into law by Republican president George W. Bush in 2003. So this is where we start to like officially see it as a Republican agenda to um, limit abortion rights. Um, It was during debate over the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act that public opinion about an absolute right to legal abortion began to shift. Even the name of the law, which adopted a term not used in medicine to describe late term abortions, was seen as a victory for abortion opponents. Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act. Say that 10 times Mm -hmm. fast. In the House, the final version of the legislation was backed by 218 Republicans and 63 Democrats. In the Senate, 47 Republicans and 17 Democrats. Its constitutionality was upheld by the Supreme Court in 2007. Um, Richards said that when she got to Planned Parenthood in 2006, the Democratic Party was still recruiting congressional candidates who did not support abortion rights. So as late as 2006, it was... Pretty normal for Democrats to not automatically support abortion. Um, Early in Barack Obama's Democratic presidential bid, he said, the first thing I'd do as president would be to codify Roe by signing the latest iteration of the Freedom of Choice Act. But four months into his presidency... Obama said it was not my highest legislative priority and suggested energy would be better spent reducing unintended pregnancies, Um, which is a pattern (laughs) at this point with Democrats. Uh, Once again, deprioritizing and like kind of kicking the can down the road with this assurance that it'll continue to be protected by the Supreme Court. So why do we have to get around to it right now? And, you know, like, even if it does become an issue, stop being a whore. As Obama's vice president, um, Biden said, the government had no right to tell other people that women, they can't control their own body. <laughs> that's the direct quote, just to be clear. Um, that's how he decided to say that. Okay. Um, so, Democratic differences on abortion threatened to derail Obamacare. Republicans were united in opposition, so Democrats could not afford to lose a single senator vote. To win the support of Ben Nelson, an anti-abortion Democrat from Nebraska, party leaders included um, a version of an amendment that prohibits Affordable Care Act plans from covering abortion. Obama also issued an executive order Order reiterating that federal money Would not be used to pay for abortions And once again, I just view this As Democrats giving concessions To that, like, yeah, abortion is kind of wrong Still, we agree with you Um, And it's just like, say it with your whole chest If you're going to say it, you know Stop dangling the carrot of abortion rights Over your voters' heads to guilt them Into voting for you Only to then validate your opponents on their opinion on abortion. Yeah. It's very weirdo behavior. Um, in the 2010 midterm elections, Republicans picked up more than 60 house seats to retake control of that chamber and added seven in the Senate as part of the tea party wave. Um, Republican efforts picked up to defund Planned Parenthood by denying the organization state and federal money throughout the rest of Obama's presidency. And we have Mike Pence to thank for that one. Um, in January 2016, Planned Parenthood, under Richard's leadership, endorsed Democrat Hillary Clinton um, for her presidential run. It was the first time the organiz- organization had made an endorsement in a presidential primary. And when Hillary Clinton accepted the endorsement, um, the Hyde Amendment repeal ended up in the Democratic Party's official policy platform. Clinton lost to a Republican named Donald Trump. Not sure if y'all have heard of him, but pretty bad guy. Um, And he said at the time that he was running to be a pro-life president and had taken a number of anti-abortion stances during his campaign. He was the first sitting president to attend the annual March for Life rally and appointed three Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, um, who cemented the court's um, conservative anti-abortion majority to run for president. um, To run for president as a Democrat in 2020 meant unequivocally supporting abortion rights. The Democratic candidates all supported some version of Roe codification and the repeal of the Hyde Amendment, citing the Trump administration's attempts to curb abortion access and restrictive laws recently enacted in Georgia and Alabama. When Joe Biden was elected as president in 2020, he went on to drop the Hyde Amendment in his first budget proposal. Um, early in his presidency, he also rescinded the Mexico City policy, known as the global gag rule, which requires foreign organizations to certify they will not promote abortion as a condition as a condition for receiving U.S. aid um, for reproductive health care. In October, his administration reversed. uh A Trump era regulation that barred healthcare providers receiving Title X family planning funds from mentioning abortion care to patients as an option. Um, Biden has emphasized codifying Roe as a proxy for his larger abortion messaging. And has said he would sign the Women's Health Protection Act if it were if it were to make it to his desk, which is a very passive stance IMO. Like if it matters to you, then do it. What do you mean if it makes it to your desk? Um, Democrats since 2020 have lacked a legislative path to codify abortion rights. Instead, they turn to making the case that voters should reinforce their congressional majorities in the 2022 midterms, believing the party's support for abortion access will benefit their candidates up and down the ballot. So basically just affirming that the reason they don't codify abortion rights is so that they continue, they can continue to have that as a reason for us to vote for them. It's
1: such an abusive relationship. It's
0: like actually abusive. Um... The failure to pass the Women's Health Protection Act um, last month shows us how that plan went. And today on June 24th, 2022, Roe v. Wade was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court thanks to all of that effort put in by the Democratic Party to make sure that we keep voting for them (laughs) because that's all that fucking mattered to either party in all of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, the moral of the story is that I mean, one that the Democrats are useless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just like two is to like maybe this isn't a moral, but just something to look at. It certainly changed my understanding and my view of this country, you mm-hmm. motherfucker. View of this country. Um has been the fact that it 's just one huge interest group after another that kind of controls everything in this country, mm-hmm. and that has that has that 's what has um, <laughs> that 's what has allowed um like evangelicals to organize the way that they have in yep. the last however many years is that it 's just like dark money being funneled in. To line these people's pockets. And if you look at it that way, I think it's kind of a lot easier to address because it's not really an ideological issue for these people.
0: And it's not really an ideological issue for most voters either. Yeah. The vast majority of Americans are pretty much um, universally in agreement that in at least some cases, abortion should be accessible. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like a made up divide and ideology
1: absolutely between
0: like people themselves. Um, and it is absolutely not the will of the people to overturn Roe v. Wade. Like the majority of people polled in recent years did not want to overturn it. Um, and I don't know, it just, it goes to show, um that the system as it exists right now is actually not a democracy at all like it really yeah. doesn't matter what the majority of people think or want or believe it always comes down to like who can most successfully um lobby and like abuse the system for their own interests yep. and their interests very rarely have anything the fuck to do with the actual issue at hand yeah it's usually money related. Yeah, always. Um, if not money related, it's related to, uh, the control and marginalization of groups that threaten the white supremacist patriarchy. Um, and that is what I
1: said, say that five times. (laughs)
0: Um, and ultimately threatening the white supremacist patriarchy um is threatening their pockets. Absolutely. So it still comes back to money.
1: Moral of the story.
0: Moral of the story is um we should all stop paying our taxes.
1: General strike.
0: General strike, tax resistance works. The suffragettes did it, and they were all um like white feminist racist so like we can do it too
1: we can do it too
0: and like not be um shitty but they did do it successfully so i guess that's why i bring them up um i don't identify with the suffragettes to be clear Pretty sick that I have the right to vote, though, because it clearly um, does a ton. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that.
1: Yeah, I have to go vote. We have to go. because We have to go vote. <laughs> I'm voting. early. I care so much. I'm voting early.
0: Thank you to the suffragettes for my right to vote for Joe Biden, who has done so much for me. Um, blue, no matter who. who? Blue, blue, no, no matter, matter who. who.
1: On that note.
0: <laughs> On that note, um, please like. Do whatever little things you can do. This is a really, really fucked up situation we're all in. And um, all we have is each other. And I encourage everyone to do like a quick viewing of Dirty Dancing with your beloveds to just, you know, brush up on your um, abortion empathy. (laughs) Brush up on your abortion history and watch Dirty Dancing um, and then get out there and rock the vote
1: and then
0: (laughs) Pokemon go to the polls polls. and then, um, I mean, actually, like if you have the money, send it to some abortion funds, grassroots mutual aid abortion funds. I would, you know, listen, it's not it's it's not a bad thing necessarily to Donate to Planned Parenthood. But the issue with donating to Planned Parenthood is that a lot of their donations go to political lobbying and they politically lobby for people like Joe Biden, who then lets us down when push comes to shove in situations like this. And your money is probably not actually going to helping people who need abortion care get that procedure. Yeah. Um. So if you want your money to actually help an individual receive an abortion, Send the money to abortion funds and to like mutual aid organizations. And if you can, if you know someone like literally send the money to the person themselves who needs the abortion, you know? that's real mutual aid and then Then, test your drugs
1: and then test your your holes holes, and and then then kiss your your friends on the mouth and send Uh, us your
0: mistakes bye at Uh,
1: bestmistakespod at at gmail.com and come to our live show on june 30th at parkside lounge love you love you